0: Hello beautiful souls and welcome back to another episode on The Conscious Women Podcast. Today I am so excited for you to hear the conversation that I'm having today with a very special guest that I've invited to talk about a really important topic and the guest that I'm bringing on is Michelle Shui and I just couldn't wait to bring her on because we've had so many beautiful deep deep conversations about healing and spirituality and I wanted to talk about how to avoid spiritual bypassing and some of you may not know of that term spiritual bypassing which I'm going to explain in a minute so keep listening but it's how you can learn to deal with difficult emotions and this has to be one of my favourite conversations to date And How can it not be? I can talk to Michelle for hours. This conversation is raw, it's honest and it's full of soul. So before I invite Michelle on, I just want to explain what spiritual bypassing is and this can happen when something is going on. You you might be going through something really difficult, a challenge or maybe have some heavy thoughts and anger or sadness and instead of thinking those thoughts and feelings it's easier to just dismiss them and just keep on moving forward or you're told to just raise your vibe and think happier thoughts and just to be positive and to be strong and our loved ones and our friends might be giving us some sound advice but actually it can be so harmful for us Because we've been taught that when feeling negative emotions, it's just best to change our attention to something else, just shift it and move on to something else. But the problem with that is, and something that I've learnt personally the hard way, is the danger of ignoring my feelings. When things aren't going really well in your life and instead of looking at it, you just sweep it under the rug or you compartmentalise it or you don't face it at all. This is something I learnt the hard way and I was so good at just stuffing things down, ignoring my feelings, not wanting to feel them, numbing myself or just keeping myself so busy that I didn't have to think about my emotions or have time to even feel them. And you're denying those emotions and those feelings and you you don't look at them and you just, you just say to yourself, I have got time to face this now. And you just keep going on and on and just say to yourself, I'm okay. I don't need to deal with that. It's done. I've dealt with it. I just want to forget it. I just want to get past it. But let me tell you, it's not going to stay hidden for very long. And that is the definition of spiritual bypassing. When something happens that upsets us, we sometimes... Take that spiritual bypass, attempting to jump immediately to the blessing of something without doing the work that actually facilitates the kind of learning that creates that lasting change in our life. And in my experience, you can't just solely meditate or chant or pray your way out. And spiritual practices are key, but we are multidimensional beings. And if we attempt to see the silver lining too soon, we may be turning away from the truth of our human experience. So just stop and ask yourself that question. Are you attempting to repress or suppress your negative feelings by immediately looking for a blessing? So in today's episode, you will learn how to avoid spiritual bypassing and become a better human by acknowledging the importance of identifying your emotions and to use them as an invitation to heal. So that's why I wanted to have this conversation today with Michelle. Wanted to talk about how to address the shadow work. There's no better person than Michelle that I could have thought about having this conversation with. So a little bit of background into what Michelle does. So since 2016, she's been supporting her clients as a holistic, trauma-informed therapist, and she primarily works with clients who are experiencing stress, anxiety, trauma and addiction. And she utilises various approaches including mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, emotion-focused therapy, internal family systems, EMDR, yoga, Reiki, theta healing and therapeutic shamanism. And she's passionate about creating a safe space for her clients so they can work towards their goals, cultivate self-awareness and heal past traumas. So without further ado, let's welcome Michelle. Michelle, welcome to the Conscious Women podcast. It's so great to have you here. I am so excited about our chat today and I know this is a topic that you and I love to talk about and have talked about it on many, many nights where we have spoken for hours on end, and I have said to you, Michelle, "It's three o'clock in the morning. I think we should go to bed." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this topic is just—it is something that is huge and it can go very deep. And I just know where our conversation is going to go today. But before we dive into that, Michelle, can you tell my listeners who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, great question. <laughs> um, lots of different things, but. You know, um, I'm trained as a therapist. Um, You know, initially it was doing talk therapy. And as that's been evolving, it's been trauma-informed therapy, working with clients who experience um, anxiety, depression, addiction, and has been moving towards things like somatic work, incorporating yoga, energy work like Reiki, therapeutic shamanism, and even psychedelics. So um, it's a bit of a
0: a mixed bag of things. There's a lot of (laughs) modalities there. I'm the same, Michelle, when people say, what do you do? And I always get stuck. It's like, what don't I do might be easier (laughs) to ask. Yeah. And it's a beautiful journey once you start there, um, you know, all these training, it's just like, well, what else can I do now? What else can I add to my toolbox? And and it's beautiful having so many different modalities because then we can offer our clients so much more instead of just the one. You know, if, if it was just therapy or talking therapy, you know, weaving in all these other modalities and just seeing what it is that your client requires at that session. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to be eternal students forever yeah and I'm always learning always learning and there's always something else I'm like what can I do next and I've already got a list long list of other um, modalities that I want to learn and be qualified in so yeah when will we stop hey eh? <laughs> yeah I'm not sure
1: and and I like that because depending on the client one modality might be a better fit than the other at that given time but what's been really lovely is going on the journey with clients and we might start with talk and then we're on the Reiki table or we're doing guided meditation. It's kind of being able to walk with them as they're on their healing journey. So having all the the tools is great because you can kind of yeah walk beside them as they go through it.
0: Yeah, beautiful to see that as well. And when they're going through the different processes, it's like we say, we bring all the energy work in. You can go on a deeper level. You can take them on a deeper journey on that healing and, you know, really open them up but again loving lovingly put them back together and knowing that you've ended your session that they are whole and they can carry on with their day um Mm -hmm. yeah beautiful beautiful. Mm -hmm. okay let me ask a question before we start and this (laughs) is a question I ask all my guest experts um that is what makes you a conscious woman hmm that's a great question um interesting when
1: I think about conscious you know for for me it's being the witness the observer the part of us that's aware right so I I feel like that's been a practice of getting into my witness into that part that's observing me and all the parts of me um and then also it's then going okay well how do I now take that into my day-to-day right so it's just being really aware of you know, what, how I'm spending my day, who I'm in connection with, what I'm putting in my body, how am I moving my body? And, and so, you know, I, I don't know if I'm still on that journey. I think, again, we're always on that journey. We're always learning. And so this is continually trying, trying to bring that kind of consciousness into my day and into my life. And also unearthing the unconscious, which I have a feeling we're going to be talking about
0: today. Oh, yes. (laughs) What is the, you know, when you say that the unconscious, I always get that metaphor of the iceberg. And Mm -hmm. you you see that little bit of the iceberg at the top of the, you know, the horizon on the ocean there. And then you've got that massive part of the iceberg that you don't see. That's exactly how I see the unconscious. So much potential when you dive into it. I love that. It's beautiful how you said it's all about the, the awareness. And that's what it is. It's the awareness and the mindfulness of being in the present moment and bringing that into your day to day. You know, we all have busy, you know, go to work. We've got families. We've got so much on our to do list. We need to be present. And and that's what it is. It's witnessing and observing at the same time. And and that's what meditation does when you go on this beautiful meditation journey as well. You become the observer of your thoughts. We are not our thoughts. We are not our body. Um, so yeah, beautiful journey. Beautiful journey. Yeah, yeah. I've been playing around with this idea of being a multi
1: of our thoughts, our feelings, our body, our behaviors. But that's also assuming that there's just kind of one consciousness with one set of thoughts, one set of feelings, one, one body. And if we're actually kind of multi-dimensional, we have a multi-conscious, then we have to be conscious of all the different parts of us. And, and so it's actually quite complex and layered and dynamic. Um, and, and so bringing in some of like internal family systems and some of the work I do with clients is looking at ourselves as a multi-conscious, which I, I think just resonates. Like, I, I don't think we're the simple kind of <laughs> one consciousness. It, it, we, we are more complex than that.
0: Absolutely multifaceted. And this is why bringing in all the different modalities into our sessions, it's what's required on a holistic level um, to bring that wholeness in, because you can work with the brain, you can work cognitively and and do the talk therapy. But sometimes the the trauma is so deeply rooted, somatically, we have to remove it or with energy work, we have to remove it. And this is why, you know, it's, it's because there is just so many layers. And when you start, it's like, peeling the layers of an onion you peel one layer away and then you've got this other layer and you think oh I thought I had done my work but no I've got this layer now now I've got this layer and it's yeah Yeah. that's what brings us to our conversation today about spiritual bypassing because that is something that I know definitely that I've been guilty of and I actually lived in spiritual bypassing for such a long time and that was a coping mechanism that I had until I got the awareness of what it was and what I would say a rude awakening by the universe (laughs) that you need to deal with this you can't keep shutting me away you can't keep suppressing you know and with there's so much has happened and there's just such a massive paradigm shift I think with the world now and not just with what's happened since 2020 and and the pandemic I think the pandemic has left a lot of our lives Turned upside down for many reasons, mm-hmm. with losses and all the rest. But it's forced up a lot of shadow work, um, a lot of shadow stuff, and the shadows have to be seen, have to be heard, and have to be healed. And we can't ignore it anymore. We really mm-hmm. can't. Uh, and you can try and shut it off and distract yourself and keep yourself busy and and have all these numbing um, coping mechanisms. But eventually you get to a stage in your life where you will get stopped one way or the other. And for me, my, my, well, what I would say was my dark night of the soul when I had to stop my spiritual bypassing. When I had that night, uh, it was a night where I literally thought it was my last day on this earth. Um, Yeah. Up until then, I would have family members, friends always say, think positive think positive and there and there's so much danger in thinking positive because what you're doing when you're thinking positive is like you've got to deal with the negativity you've got to deal with your emotions but we don't deal with the emotions and we keep them suppressed because it hurts it's a painful journey to be on to have to feel and release that emotion or deal with it and we don't want to feel that pain so it's easier to just distract and to numb And that's what I was doing my entire life and you know Mm -hmm. silently suffering from depression didn't I had a single soul not even my husband not even my kids not even my doctor even though I wasn't coping and um just using all these other coping mechanisms just to survive I was always in survival mode um so just what's your take on 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 it and what brought Uh you to your healing journey
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I love what you said there, because I, I think there is a macro context going on right now, right? we have got we're kind of in a pressure cooker, right? We've got everything from the pandemic to climate change, right? The economic recession, political upheaval, social movements, right? I don't know if I missed anything there. Wow. Right. <laughs> yes. Like it, it's big. And then we've also got our personal lives, right? And there could be a whole host of things going on for us maybe we're having challenges in our marriage or parenting or health right um, family dynamics so you can see people are just in more and more pressure right and, and when you put any that sort of pressure on an organism right human animal organism there, there's going to have to be some sort of change right something's got to give and, and so I think that's kind of where we're at right now it's and, and because we haven't Necessarily learned <laughs> how to turn towards ourselves and work with our emotions and with our body, you know, we have been coping, you know, I think about even, you know, the last 3040 years, if you look around at how humans have been dealing with crisis, it hasn't been very graceful, right? It, it's a lot of coping, it's a lot of numbing, distraction, escaping. Or aggression and anger, right? It's just like trying to, you know, release the, the stress valve. So I, I think we're at this time where we're going, it's too much pressure. Now what? And and I think it's a beautiful opportunity for people to turn towards themselves and maybe go to therapy or lean into spirituality. It's incredible, right? Like what an opportunity and who knows where the, where this will go. I, I zoom out 50 years and I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe it'll be a better place, right? Um, but I think that's where the risk of spiritual bypassing comes in, right? It's like, okay, we, we, we're really good at coping. And now there's this thing called spirituality. And oh, this is just another form of escaping, right? Um, popping out of our experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's what we were taught every time something happened in my life, there was a challenge or an obstacle. And I don't just mean a day to day thing. These are major life changing things that happened to me and, and other members of the family and other friends. And you'd everyone would turn to God. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it's almost like just pray, be positive and pray. Everything will be OK. And then we'd go to the temple and we'd sit there and we'd pray for hours. We'd come home, we'd pray. And, and and that was it. And that's where we escaped to. We escaped and thought, God's gonna save us. God's gonna save me. I know. Um, and just think positive, be strong. That's what everyone would say. And unfortunately, that's our culture has trained us not to be comfortable addressing our feelings. And we've been trained to think from our left brain logic and you know, all that practicality and just ignore what the right brain is trying to say, um, you know, the right brain, which then Can solve the problems for us. And some of the professions we're in, especially the profession that I was in, it was so male dominated. um, And it was so, you had to be in your masculine energy that we would always be in our left brain, logic thinking, and we just wouldn't bring in the creativity, the problem solving part of things. And this is why then you would escape to all these distractions and numbing things that, you know, alcohol and addiction in other ways whatever you know but yeah so it's just denying and ignoring our feelings and not you know dealing with the pain facing it head on it can have such a disastrous impact on your life and um you know either you face it and you deal with it or you know you carry on um mm-hmm. distracting, doing everything that you're doing and eventually it will catch up with you, one way or the other. It will catch up with you. And for me, it was burying, burying everything. Everything that happened, it was just burying it. So much happened, you know. Yes, my marriage ended. it got to a stage in my life. It was in 2013 for me, where I think for me that was the dark night of the soul, where it was just like mm-hmm. something's got to, something's got to give here. I cannot carry on doing what I'm doing, talking about my past. And I got mm-hmm. to a stage in my life where I was distracting. that was the biggest thing that I would do it wasn't turning or having addictions or turning to something that would numb me distracting myself with my work working Mm -hmm. all hours and then being I was busy with the boys busy in my work and then overachieving overachieving because I had so much lack in other areas where I felt didn't have feel that I had the self-worth and and all the rest and it was like oh what, what else can I do to make myself feel better What else can I do in my work or in my profession, in my education? And that's what I was doing. I just threw myself into that until one night where, this is in 2013, and my my mind and my brain would be 10 steps ahead. My logical brain would be like, yes, think positive, do this, do this, do this. My body would be dragged behind, (laughs) 10 steps behind me because it was so exhausted by everything that I was doing. And... It was like I was so disconnected from it and kept ignoring it. And then I there was just this this one night where I just came home from work and I literally fell on my knees in the bathroom. My boys were out um that night. They weren't at home. I came home from work and I literally sobbed. Yeah. And um I don't know. It was just some it was almost like my soul said, This is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot carry on like this Mm -hmm. i was so exhausted i was looked at my life and i thought from the outside in it looked perfect i was like Mm -hmm. i should be grateful again spiritual bypassing i should be grateful for everything i've got why am i acting like this i've got a a great job i've got a roof over my head i've got my own house i've got a nice car i've got nice holidays i've got everything that i need what is your problem just get yourself off the floor again what was i doing thinking from my left brain my logical brain my ego trying to say everything's fine get yourself up and I tell you I could not I was literally having um the eat pray love you know what Elizabeth Gilbert went through she was crying on the bathroom floor I read that book after and it was almost like wow that's exactly what happened to me and I I must have cried for about an hour and I was just like what what's wrong because you know what's wrong with me And then things just changed. It's like I had the acceptance that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I have to do something about this now and I cannot continue. And I was that pressure cooker. I was that pressure cooker and literally Mm -hmm. the lid, it was, right, that's it. It was getting to a point where my brain felt like the pressure cooker was about to explode. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that's Mm -hmm. when I started my personal development and my spiritual journey. Um, I'd started it much sooner than that, in fact, but actually I think a lot of the um, my spirituality from probably say around 2009 to 2013 was more going on spiritual pilgrimages and just really throwing myself into religion and prayer um, and thinking that was what spirituality was. Um, totally had the wrong idea about what spirituality was.
1: Mm. Yeah, it, it, well, as, and as you're saying all that, I'm just thinking about how we just don't know, right? Like it, our, our culture, our society is not actually helping us in this, right? Being disconnected is normal, right? And and we're being taught from a very young age, right? Don't be angry, right? Think positive, like you said, right? Don't and, and, <laughs> Right? And, and so that what we're learning is disconnection is normal. Don't feel your feelings, right? And that toxic positivity thing. So it, it makes sense that we end up in this place where we're in the pressure cooker and we just don't know, right? We don't know what to do. We don't have a teacher. We don't have a wise elder to show us the way, right? We've really kind of lost that in our culture. And so I always have just so much compassion for us, like your story when I'm working with clients and even for myself as I reflect back and go, oh my God, right? Like we were all just doing the best we could with what we knew. And sometimes that looks like lying on the bathroom floor and crying, right? And not just crying, like, you know, dry heaving, like, you know, this is painful stuff we're talking about. And for some people, it looks like addiction. And also for others, it's the spiritual bypassing, right? So I I think we need to be able to look at ourselves and go, we just don't know what we don't know and we're doing the best we can. And there's just a whole lot of pain and suffering, right? And, And I guess what I'm really hopeful for even us having this conversation is, how can we bring more content, more resources, more teachers to this space to help people, right? Because we just don't know. We just don't know. And, and that was a big thing for me. It's, you know, I didn't necessarily start my journey like you with religion and prayer. I I was an atheist. (laughs) There was no God. (laughs) Um, and so there was this real defiant, there is no God there, you know, religion is this, this and that. And, um, and so I didn't even necessarily have the option to just pop out of my experience and go pray to God. Um, it was just so much pain in here. And that looked like a lot of my own workaholism, um, leaning into alcohol, marijuana, you know, food, even um, TV, right? <laughs> like you name it, I would find something. And those things shifted into things like, oh, now I'm running a lot, or I'm working out a lot, or I'm doing the intense 75 minute hot yogas, right? And it's like, okay, maybe that's a better version, but it's still a whole lot of coping, right? So, in all of that, I kind of had to find my way, and there's not a whole lot of signposts, right? It's just like you're just floundering and it, it's excruciating. You're in pain, you're floundering, you're trying to grab a hold of something, and it's not working. I, I think that was like your moment, right? It's like you keep going, <laughs> and you're just looking for something. And it's like, you get to this point in it all where it's like, I can't do it anymore. This is not working. I surrender, right? And and you said acceptance. And for me, I think it was like, I'm waving my white flag. I surrender. I, I don't know what I don't know. This is really painful. Like, please, please something that's a higher power point me in the right direction. And I remember having that moment for the first time going, maybe there is something greater than me. And, and maybe I need to surrender to something bigger because I apparently don't have it figured out.
0: Yeah. Right. And that's exactly what it was. You know, we don't have the emotional intelligence and the awareness at the time. And oh, what well, do we think we do? Actually, we think, yeah. we we think we've got we it all done. <laughs> <laughs> we think we have it all worked out. And, you know, we that's what we need to do. We need to uncover those unhealed wounds that, we don't want to face and all those negative feelings that we've repressed over the years that we thought we've dealt with we thought by brushing it under the carpet it's done it's dealt with and that's how we were brought up as well because our parents didn't have the emotional intelligence for us to to teach us how to process emotions because of their upbringing and you know and I blamed so much on my parents growing up especially when I first was going to this journey it was like I ha- I became the victim again that's something else you, you do with spiritual bypassing it's like you don't accept your flaws or your failures and you was like you want to blame someone else I blame my parents I blame my parents for robbing me of my childhood I blame my parents for you know um, forcing me to have an arranged marriage at a time when I was just a very very young child I was 17 and mm-hmm. I've held so much resentment against them for years and what that did was just created more poison, more anger, more resentment. Not oh, just deal with it and put it away. Until I started delving into this work and realizing actually they're they're coming from the same place. It, they're humans. They've got unhealed wounds and don't didn't have the emotion to and when I changed and reframed that and looked from a different perspective that they did the best that they could with the resources that they had at the time and all they were doing and you know the you know the Indians from India when they Mm -hmm. emigrated over to the UK back in the 60s they wanted to come to the UK to have a better life to give their families a better life and they didn't couldn't speak the language they couldn't you know didn't they weren't educated but they did the best that they could and all they were doing was surviving at the time they didn't have the emotional intelligence to help us process my parents were illiterate didn't even know how to read and write English couldn't even speak English so how are they going to help us process this so only when I accepted that then actually it's not my parents fault and I forgave them forgave myself for having those thoughts that started me on my healing journey
1: yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because we're, we're talking about being in that place of being numb and coping and distracting. And then what you're saying is, is amazing, right? Because we have to move out of that. And then we have to go, okay, well, who's responsible for my pain, right? Why am I in pain? Like that's like the turning towards yourself. But you're right. It can get really hairy in there because you could end up being a victim in it. You can be finger pointing, looking for a scapegoat. And, and that's not gonna serve you ultimately either, right? Um, and I think that's kind of where the spiritual bypassing stuff lives, right? It, it's where we now are kind of accepting that we're in pain, we're surrendering to the fact that there's something here, but we don't really know what to do with it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's really tempting to go to God, go to creator, go to these different altered states of consciousness, right? And it feels good. Right? It's just like, I'm not in pain and I'm also not harming myself, right? In the same way that maybe alcohol or, you know, other things that we're kind of reaching for might be harming ourselves or people in our life, right? So you can kind of see why spiritual bypassing exists, right? It's, it's there because it's actually creating some relief when we're actually in our pain and owning our pain. And I'm curious if that was true for you too, because I, I know for myself when I really turned towards my pain, it was like, oh yeah, I, I'm really liking this meditation thing. Oh yeah, praying. And and you know, I, I was starting to really start connecting to to those practices in a different way because it was the only thing that was giving me relief.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And it was for me. I accidentally fell into it all. I had an on-and-off practice of I wanted to become a meditator, not really knowing what meditation was. It was the cool thing, you know. Um, yeah, I want to meditate. I can to really do my yoga. I started on this meditation yoga journey you know, 12, 13 years ago. I was on and off. Used to go to the yoga classes at the gym. Did a bit of meditation here or there. And it was just like, hmm, not really getting anything for me. I wasn't getting any relief from it. I don't, I didn't know what to expect when I was going into it. And, you know, our emotions on such a deep, such a deep level, we have to go into such a deeper layer of our healing journey, which never really ends. It'll never end, you and I now. We have got so many tools and so many strategies that, yes, we now as facilitators in all these different healing modalities we are human we will get knocked out of our peace and we do and I don't know how you're feeling at the moment but I'm feeling very emotional with the with the full moon just around the corner and mm-hmm. I get knocked out of my peace all the time I get triggered I get triggered by family friends whatever mm-hmm. happens what's happening in there I'll get triggered by the news um but I know how to pull myself out of it really quickly because I've got the tools and the strategies now mm-hmm. but it's, it's a never-ending journey and when we embark on it, and this is, you know, when I started, it was just like I wasn't getting the relief from meditation. I wasn't getting the relief through my yoga or praying and everything else. It was just like, well, now I need to do this modality. Now I need to do this modality. And that's what took me on my journey to start coaching. It was for my own personal development. I actually didn't do my life coaching course to become a life coach. Yeah, I didn't know what yeah. the universe, the plan the universe had for me. I fell into it accidentally. And the funny story that I've got, I, tell, I actually went to this seminar. How I fell into life coaching was I had in 2014 when I um handed in my notice, it was burnout for me. Burnout was the gift. I oh, well, there was a gift in burnout for me when I left my full-time career because that's what I was. I was overachieving because of my self-worth, having mm-hmm. to find validation in other areas just to feel that you know what I belong or you know but then became a workaholic got so burnt out had that night where I was in the bathroom sobbing on my knees I thought something's got to give something's got to change I didn't use the word surrender but that's exactly what I did I didn't know what the word surrender was then I was so in you know my profession I didn't have knowledge of all these you know beautiful spiritual words that we you know that I now use but that's exactly what I did that night I surrendered and when I surrendered I then decided that I'm gonna have to take a step back in relation to my profession and I handed in my notice when I handed in my notice I then took on a consultancy role so I didn't jump ship and take the leap of faith and think you know what I don't want to do this job anymore I don't want to be a lawyer anymore that's my only security and I felt that I needed some certainty in my life so I'll keep going here even though I lost my passion and my love for it well, if I keep my hand in it, and I've still got the income coming in, I've got that certainty, I've got the security, the stability, I'll try some other things. I'm not going to believe this, but I decided to go into property. I don't think I've ever told you this, actually. No. And I thought, I'll buy and flip properties. You can make money really quickly. And I went to a property seminar at its hotel in London. And the seminar was in the afternoon we got there a little bit earlier and we were just chilling around i went with a friend um and there was this other seminar tony robbins preview mm-hmm. or unleash the power within but it wasn't tony robbins it was mm-hmm. one of his um one of his coaches that were was doing the pre-workshop and because we had some time um i just said to my friend "Oh, no, let's just pop in here it was a free it's a free work, a seminar so we just walked in crept in sat at the back of the room and just listened and I was in awe and I didn't even know about the spirituality world about the personal development world anything like that obviously I knew what it was but I didn't know to what extent you would go on a journey in relation to your personal development and (laughs) just the fact that everyone should be doing some extent of it Mm -hmm. I was blown away by this guy on the stage and obviously he's been trained by Tony Robbins being one of Tony Robbins's coaches. I was just blown away by what he was doing on the, on stage. And he was selling tickets to unleash the power Event. And I don't know if you know, but these tickets are very expensive mm-hmm. and getting them at the pre-workshops, you get them like a like 30% discount or whatever. But if you buy them online and you don't buy the, get the early enrollment tickets are over a thousand pounds. And, I just sat there and he was selling them and then he gave a discount and he was like if you buy two um if you buy two tickets we upgrade you to VIP and oh, I don't I don't know what made me pull out my credit card that day I went to the back of the room my friend came me. she goes what are you doing I said I'm about to buy a ticket she goes huh. but why she was like <laughs> "But why <laughs> Where and, and I was like I don't know something is saying to me I need to buy a ticket and when I went to go up by, and then she, the lady said to me, she goes, oh, she said, oh, um, did you want to upgrade to the, to the VIP? I said, yeah, I'll have two tickets. <laughs> I didn't know who I was going to take. <laughs> All I know is that I need to buy this ticket. I didn't even know if I was going to go. I was just like, I'm spending £1,200 for two tickets. There were £600 each. I was just spent £1,200. My friend said, are you crazy? I was just like, something's telling me to buy it. And I tell you, That was my very first experience of personal development was, and what a great way to be broken into it by Tony Robbins. Four days at the Excel Center in London, doing the firewalk, doing everything that he does. I tell you, that was the start of a beautiful, beautiful journey Mm. of, uh, you know, my personal development, my spirituality, everything. It just opened up so many doors. And from there, I then did this, coaching course which the guy on the stage was also promoting he because he's a coach Mm -hmm. and he was promoting his coaching um, certification I don't know what made me purchase it but I paid three and a half thousand pounds Michelle can you believe I just got (laughs) five thousand pounds that day? and and, and when I look back now and I connect the dots now I know why the universe took me to that property seminar because I had to go here I had to do Mm -hmm. that stuff because i Mm -hmm. surrendered i surrendered to something bigger i said okay god what what's your plan for me whatever your plan is for me show me and that's what he did
1: yeah i love that i I love that yeah you know it's so funny you say that because i'm just thinking about this whole um so thinking about the tree of life right or the cosmic tree right this whole spiritual bypassing piece is we're going up the tree, right? And we're in the branches, we're going up and out, right? And there's something really beautiful about that. Like we still need to have access to that, which is higher, right? To God, to creator, that's really important, right? That's our connection to spirit and all that is, right? And I can see that it's kind of, that's channeling through you, right? As, As you're like getting these tickets and the VIP and stuff. But I think what, what we're saying next is what happens is now you're at these events, right? And you're doing your personal development work. And that's more of like an in and down, right? Now we're going into our experience and we're going further down like the roots of a tree right into the earth, right? So, so this work is all about, okay, well, here I am in my life. Or what am I conscious of, right? What do I need to work on here? That's feelings, traumas, lived experiences, our body, all of that, even our thoughts. But then there's this other part where right? it's like, oh, hang on a sec. If I keep going down here, I'm gonna end up in this unconscious stuff. <laughs> and some of it's mine, some of it's my family's, my ancestors, right? And there's a lot down there, like that that journey going all the way down, you know, we can spend years even (laughs) doing that work right of clearing even intergenerational trauma ancestral stuff right that's that's all in there and and I think you know it's it's almost I almost easier for us to go up and out right this in and down no one's again we don't have any teachers or elders or anyone kind of showing us the way through that um and and it's a it's not pleasant right like this stuff is um it can be dark it's you know it's a reason why we call it the dark night of the soul we call it shadow work (laughs) the reason they call it shadow work right yeah so it's almost like how do we take the lightness of, of you know the spirit and bring that light to the dark right which I, I think we we need support in doing that because how are we supposed to navigate our own unconscious? We don't know what we don't know. We, we need support from coaches or therapists or elders, you know, gurus, you know, people that can come in and support us on that journey, right? Um, I'm Curious what your thoughts are
0: on that. And this is where once you have the acceptance that you are ready for that, because when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And that's exactly what happened for me. Yeah. I something told me to go into that seminar room, which I was something that I was not interested in. I was in awe with the speaker on the stage. I spent nearly five thousand pounds. You think I was crazy, but that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Universe was showing me that path, saying this is what you need to do. You know that's exactly what we needed. I needed someone to guide me on the journey. I couldn't do it myself. And the first thing that might when I went onto this coaching course, doing it for my own benefit, not because I wanted to be a life coach. I need to go and and I I'm very I'm a type. So whenever I do something for myself, it's I don't want to just be taught. I don't want to go and do a course. I want to do the certification because I know doing the certification, you're doing it on such a deep level. And that's what I would do. Every modality that I've done, I've actually done it for my own benefit, just to deepen my practice, even with my yoga and meditation, it was for, it was to deepen my own practice. But actually such a beautiful you know, thing came out of it for me that I, it was like, well, I'm actually being shown this path, being guided by this path, one door closed and the door opened. And I do all these alternative therapies for myself, but actually it wasn't for myself because... Now I know what my, my what my purpose and my mission is. After It's taken me years. I've not accepted it. I keep saying to myself, no, I'm a lawyer. That's my identity. I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> but I'm telling you, the universe had different plans for me. And, um, you know, we go on this journey. We think that the healing work is done and it's peeling away another layer. It's peeling away another layer. And like you say, we have to go so deep. And it's like the metaphor of the lotus flower, beautiful lotus flower emerges on the lily pad top of the pond it comes out and we stare at it in 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 its beauty and we're like wow it's just so beautiful but it go down the layers and see where it's come from that's how we bloom as well and that's how I look at my life it's like yes I'm that beautiful lotus flower on that lily pad but I had to go down into that murkiness into the darkness into the mud into the roots dredge everything up mm-hmm. leave it that's, you know, that's where I was for a very long time. And now I am that beautiful lotus flower, just how you explain the tree of life.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and that we're always doing that journey, right? Like the lotus flower goes into the mud every night, right? The, yeah. the tree can't stand tall without those roots, right? So it's like that. that's where it, it's, we're always on this journey because we're always going up and out and down and in, right? And it's learning how to do that dance. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's a never ending uh, spiral to unfold, whether you're spiraling, spiraling downwards yeah. into that shadow, into the darkness where you have to find the light, or you're spiraling upwards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and spiraling
0: upwards. Yeah. Then you say to yourself, I now know why I, ha- why I went on that journey, why I did the healing. A lot of people won't even embark on the healing journey because they just know how powerful it is and not wanting to deal and process their emotions and unhealed wounds. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, healing is an evolution. It'll never end. It's, it's mm-hmm. a forever journey for us. Um, mm-hmm. We're always learning. We're always growing. It requires us to visit so many painful memories that we've blocked out of our mind and we think that we've dealt with it. But no. no. It's yeah, reveals and it reveals a lot. Yeah, and
1: it's that whole idea, I think, of being the wounded healer, right? It's like, we, we're we all wounded, right? There's no one walking around who hasn't got wounds, right? So it's really embracing that we are wounded. And like you said, you know, for me too, it was, okay, you know, I was leaning into yoga and Reiki and meditation and theta healing. <laughs> Shaman is like all these things in, in the plant medicine with psychedelics. Because I, I, I was going into my wound and I was I was trying to find modalities in addition to talk therapy to help me. And and it was only like you said, as I'm like collecting these things for myself, it's like, oh, maybe this is something other people would like too. <laughs> and then kind of, you know, giving back. It's almost like that, you know, once you are able to sit with your wound, feel the pain of it and, and heal it. It's like, oh, now I get to be in service to other people, right? And, and I've got these
0: tools and I've walked that path and, and so I can support others in it. So and can, yeah, and you can only take your clients as deep as you've gone. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly that. Exactly. Exactly.
0: I remember the very first experience that I had that, and I think if I didn't have that experience, I would not have taken my clients as deep as they go. And some of my clients will come out of a session and I'll be like, whoa what just happened there Mm -hmm. where did that come from you know and a lot of it goes back to our childhood and then there's people who will say but i had a wonderful childhood i had a really happy childhood my parents loved me i had everything i wanted but it may not even be a lived experience here in this 3d world Mm -hmm. that they're in now like you say we're carrying a lot of ancestral trauma you know, Michelle, I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I feel there's always one chosen person out of a family who is chosen to liberate the ancestors and is mm-hmm. the chosen one who is usually the black sheep of the family. And that's something I've noticed. The black sheep of the family is always the one that will go against the status quo, will be the one that will shake things up in the family, but it, doing, and, and then they're shunned and they're shamed and they're made to feel like, the reject and they're made to feel like you're you know you're the failure of the family however we are the ones who are the light workers we are the ones who are actually liberating our ancestors and breaking that chain of trauma that's we bring in through generations and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the rest of it so i i do sometimes i'll speak to my clients. and be like and, I, and I, when i go and revisit things in their childhood they'll say childhood was great I I was really happy. Um and nothing happened. So when we go into the deeper inner child healing, doing timeline work, doing hypnosis, when you then uh-huh. take them out of their conscious brain uh-huh. and take them into the unconscious, and you take them, like you say, deep down into the unconscious, and you start unraveling, they have these aha moments and it, you know I had with one of my clients she could she she was just adamant that she had the most wonderful life but at now in you know 40 43 44 years old could not find a partner to settle down with and when I took her on this beautiful inner inner child healing and timeline work she went to her four-year-old self mm-hmm. and she, it, she had this massive realization that she was bullied she went to that memory of being four years old at school and some little bully girls in the playground said something to her you silly little girl you're always going to be alone and those words came up
1: Mm. four years later Mm.
0: and she's like that's what I'm dealing with I'm always going to be alone
1: yeah yeah and and it's you know those things when they happen at such a young age like you said you don't remember them right like our brains are still developing but it's imprinted right and now we've got a belief about ourselves or our body's holding that in a certain way and and so th- this is where I think we, we need the teachers and the guides and the elders right to help us kind of unearth the unconscious right I, I know for myself it you know as much as I I am a talk therapist I think talk therapy has a limit right and so I found that for myself it was like okay like there's something else going on here and like we're not talking about it because we're only talking from a left brain conscious place right yeah so so I think we need to go deeper and sometimes that looks like other modalities and you know for me it was more of the energy work the the healing work and and even you know plant medicine because if you want psychedelics and plant medicine they're going full on into the unconscious and going hey have you looked at this thing (laughs) right (laughs) so and that can you know it's a lot for people and that i think is probably another episode entirely right but but it's (laughs) but it's like yeah there's so much sitting there right that that we don't necessarily know is there but that's where i think we're going to see the most healing where we're going to see the most benefits to our life where we're going to feel more full more whole right and and from a shamanic perspective that's really coming back into our soul right so spirit is up and out but when we go in and down that's our soul this is our essence here in this human experience and like what are we here for like why are we here what are we doing what's our purpose right and and that's that's what comes
0: out of doing this deep in our work I agree I agree in its entirety and when you know, with these emotions that like when we're suppressing them and we're not feeding them in their entirety and we're not expressing them fully with all these different modalities, because one modality may not work for I mean, with, with clients, I may think, Oh, well, I'll go in and I have this, you know, I always have the structure or I have the session set out and think, Yes, I'll do this modality, but I actually may not even use that. And then yeah. intuitively be like, Oh, I need to do this or I need to do that. Um, and there's just so many different modalities and. And what we find is that if we don't feel the emotion and it's very painful, and if we don't feel it in its entirety, it ends up being trapped in our bodies and ends up being repressed, which then causes it to manifest again and again and again. And this is where you see those patterns continue in your physical world and your physical reality because it's a reflection of your inner world. And, um, you know, this is where we have to use the different modalities to deal with them. And their energy work comes in on a deeper level the psychedelics coming on an even deeper level uh it, it is it's switching off that conscious brain which is only five percent of our brain Our oh, yeah. is 95 percent
1: yeah Maybe. yeah it, it, when you say that i think for for myself and how i like to approach the work with clients now is the emotions are the breadcrumbs Right, so I am so interested in what are you feeling? Like, what is this experience you're having inside of you on an emotional level? And then what are the corresponding bodily sensations, right? Because emotions and body are so closely knit together. And I think that can be really hard when this is unconscious work that we're unearthing because someone might sit there and go, I'm grieving. I am intensely sad. I'm in a place of loss. I'm feeling this heaviness in my body, yet they haven't lost anything in their life today. And and so it's going, okay, right? What, What are we grieving? What's in the unconscious either personally or in your family ancestors collectively that you're grieving, right? Because it's showing up here emotionally and in the body And, you know, it's been really interesting using these other modalities to go, oh, there's something way back there, right? This might be ancestral. This might be past life, right? This is something that we're, it's just not even present right now. And it's really confusing because the body and the emotions are like, you know, 10 out of 10, like this is happening, but we're not able to connect it. And I think that's where, you know, these other modalities are really helpful. Talking about it isn't going to get us where we need to go
0: cognitively it will only take us so far and you may have um you know you may feel it for a short while but again it's releasing it somatically releasing on such a deep layer and and that's where the energy work the body work comes in meditation the yoga There's just so many different you know now you've got emdr eft Um, energy work timeline work hypnotherapy mantra chanting Mantra chanting yeah. is powerful
1: yeah. work. It um, really is.
0: Yeah, it's something that I've been leaning more and more
1: into, and you know, it, it's incredible. It's Sit down.
0: I actually, actually wouldn't think that chanting a mantra, which doesn't yeah. resonate with a lot of people, and this was something I was really um just come back from my retreat in Bali. It was something I thought of really last minute, and something just said, I, I just channel this, and it was just on. need to do some mantra chanting and i was like and i was just like too minded about it but anyway that is what the the mantra chanting that we did every day took them on a beautiful beautiful journey and that is where i saw the most shifts happening i'm not saying it not with any of the other you know i did in in inner child healing we did a lot of chakra a lot of energy healing breath work meditation the mantra chanting just opened their hearts up opened up their heart chakra and the mantra i i had um had chosen and when i explained to them what it was doing and even just chanting the mantra from the belly feeling the vibration of the Mm -hmm. om deep down here and when i explained to them the way they should be chanting it opening up the throat chakra singing beautifully that (laughs) day one they're all like squeaky voices not money to take you know you know and and there i was i led it and i was just singing beautifully i've been doing it for three four years now Mm. and that was their favorite part they would love the mantra chanting and it would just take them on such a beautiful journey and something else that i didn't i didn't even know this but when you're chanting the mantra in sanskrit your tongue flicks on the roof of your mouth which Mm. then activates the meridians which sends signals ah. to your brain. So, so clever. I mean, that's <laughs> think deep about what mantras do, which is why they're so powerful, not just chanting, but, you know, focusing on a mantra when you're in meditation as well, which is a really beautiful technique of meditation to do. Well, Michelle, our conversation's going to go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> I it think, always does. <laughs> I know, it always does. And I think we need to bring it to a close because this, this episode will go on um, and I'm sure I can bring you back on again and again and again there are so many topics I'd love that. To. Yeah, I yeah. Would love that too. yeah I really would that to but just before you go where can my listeners if they want to find out a bit more about you
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um, where can they find you
1: yeah. So I've got my website, um, tranquilitycounselingvancouver.com. Um, you can see a little bit more about me and what I'm up to and my practice as well, you know, as Instagram, LinkedIn, tranquilitycounseling.
0: I'll put all the links in the show notes for all of those.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that, that's how you find me. Um, I meet in person and virtually as well. So yeah.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. This conversation I knew was going to go deep and it's just really beautiful. Honestly, I, I love it. My heart just opens up and I can just talk for four hours (laughs) (laughs) on these these topics, these subjects. And I say, I'm really passionate about this topic, but actually all of them, they really are. And and going on this spiritual journey of what I thought was spirituality was in, you know, religion and all the rest it was it's not what it is and a lot of people do associate spirituality with religion and well I'm not spiritual that's all rules stuff and I'm not religious well, you don't have to be religious to be spiritual
1: no no and and sometimes we're religious and we're not spiritual
0: yeah <laughs> right so it goes both ways goes both ways yeah yeah Beautiful. Well, thank you so much again. And I'll definitely be bringing you back on. Definitely for another beautiful topic. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Wow. I love that conversation so much. Honestly, I can speak to Michelle for hours and, and I'm sure I'm going to be bringing her on again very soon. So after listening to that, Do you feel that you are now ready to acknowledge your feelings so that you can create that change that you're craving? And most importantly, have you identified what are your common coping or numbing strategies or escapism that you use? So you have distraction, numbing, just saying to yourself, I'm going to be strong. You may give yourself a pep talk. And that's a really important first step is what is your coping mechanism? So if it's distraction, that's when you focus on anything else so you don't feel the emotion. Then you'll have numbing, and this is related to overdoing things like overeating, overdrinking, or overworking, for example. And the next is just being strong, simply being strong, being told to stay strong, or you say to yourself, just be strong. And when you push yourself through something, By just denying what you're really feeling, it can be so harmful. Or then maybe you're giving yourself the pep talk where we try to cover up uncomfortable emotions by masking them with positive talk. And I'm just going to finish off with this healing is an evolution. We are always learning, we are always growing. It's not an easy journey, and that is why most people choose not to deal with their emotions and traumas as it is easier to forget about them and numb them out and have all of your coping mechanisms to keep you busy and distracted from them. And I'm not going to lie, it's hard, it's really hard and really painful some days being on this journey and you will feel alone because people just won't understand what you're going through and you can't do this alone. So what are those healing practices that you could commit to? And there are so many healing practices like inner child work, emotional freedom technique, EMDR, somatic and embodiment therapy, talking therapy, energy healing work. And there's just so much under just energy healing work. You've got timeline work, hypnotherapy, meditation, sound healing, mantra chanting, retreats, yoga, And there's Reiki. There is so much energy healing work that you can do. And all you need to do is just start with one. My lovelies, I hope you found value from today's episode. And if you did, please, please share it with someone you know who can also benefit from it. And have a beautiful rest of the day and week, wherever you are. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.